Dithda Hadina Pabuni, the Bocasto Mescla Brion Druth, Ostias Genev Sove Berryman. Hello and welcome everyone to the Mescla Brion Druth podcasts, hosted by me, Sove Berryman. Mescla Brion Druth is a multi platform project using sculpture making and conversation to explore contemporary Cornish cultural identity. Through workshops, podcasts, a symposium and an exhibition, the project invites people to share their experiences of identity and Cornwall and their views on Cornish culture and its relationship to land, language, heritage, tourism, the Cornish diaspora and much, much more. These podcasts record conversations with guests whose research or lived experience touches on the project themes. The views, thoughts and opinions expressed are the speaker's own. All conversations are carried out with a spirit of generosity and openness, creating space for the discussions to twist and turn. And I'm very grateful to all who have taken part. This podcast is recorded in two parts. Artists Levita Savungu, Georgia Gendel, Liam Jolly and I had planned to be in a room together to talk about our relationships with Cornwall. But we were meeting on one of the hottest days of the year when a storm brought the first rain for weeks and disrupted rail and road travel and took out some mobile masts. Due to the disruptions, we couldn't all be in the same place so we recorded the conversation in two parts. This is part one. I'm joined by Georgia and Liam. Georgia is an artist, gardener, baker and member of the band Shagrat. Georgia has set up projects such as the Allotment Club, Residency in a Shed and Forced Collaboration. Liam is an artist, curator and member of the band Disco Rococo. Liam also set up and runs the Red Reef Gallery Auction House. We join the conversation with Liam telling us about being born and growing up in Red Reef. I, yeah, I grew up here. I was born here. I was born in Red Reef um, a long time ago. And um, yeah, so I grew up in the town, went to school here, secondary school, all of that stuff, did sixth form here, then escaped. Uh, and we moved out of out of Corn- well not out of Cornwall out of out of town moved over towards sort of Perham Porthway, so my kind of like teenage years were kind of spent in that direction sort of Newquay, kind of area I suppose Perham Porth, and then went off to do the uni thing and planned really not to have come back again, but many years later <laughs> here I am back in Redruth, so um, yeah which was probably um, something I never planned. Yeah. Uh, but actually very happy about now. But That's interesting. We might come back we'll come to back that because well. it's, 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 yeah. it's a long one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Georgia? Yeah, I grew up in Falmouth, born in Cornwall. And, yeah, did went to school there, Did just was there, and then did my uni stint away as well. Um, but came back, I was away for five years and came back uh, six or seven years ago. So, yeah, but I... Unlike Liam, Liam, unlike Liam, I always imagined myself back here. There was no, 
yeah, when I left, it was just to be able to come back again. That's so, interesting. So, yeah, maybe a bit of a different relationship mm. with it. Uh-huh. Was that come back to Falmouth or come back to Cornwall generally? Uh, Falmouth is just my home. Yeah. And I struggle to see myself anywhere else in Cornwall, mm. but, yeah. Mm. Okay. What helped you find that pathway, if it's a positive thing or not, to be an, an artist, to work as an artist? Was, was, how did you come about that? Uh, for me, um, I don't necessarily know. I think in school it was, like, maybe the only thing that I was good at or got, like, any praise for at all. So it sort of felt like something I should do and my parents are in the creative industries so it was sort of felt like something that was like in me and my sister um and then yeah I just I, I think it is just because it was the only thing that I got any praise for but then I did the found I sort of followed in my sister's footsteps did the foundation at Falmouth and it sort of opened my eyes to what art could be because I, I could never be like just a painter, just a sculpture, sculptor, just a whatever. So just learning that it can be, it's such a broad thing, just so I was sold because I could just do everything that I wanted to do under this umbrella And you chose, being an artist. You chose to go away um, to study for a degree. Mm. What was that, what was the sort of thinking behind that? Um, just sort of like I guess that's what I have to do there wasn't I didn't really think about it it just felt like something everyone did mm -hmm. um, and after you after foundation everyone was uh, in foundation everyone was applying for unis and I literally just picked a uni that I'd heard of before <laughs> which was St Martin's and I hadn't I didn't know of any other unis it was just someone that worked for my mum had gone there and she said I've heard this is quite a good art school so I applied and I got in and I just went because that's what I, I I heard it was an okay one so I did Great. that. So there was literally no, yeah, um, yeah, th there was no formula to it. I wasn't sat at home like, like researching, strategizing. Yeah, like my whole life. No, there was, it was just a series <coughs> of, a series of, um, like, events that took me there. Cool. What about you, Liam? Um. Yes, I guess similarly to Georgia, actually, like, I mean, it was all, all I guess, through education is the only thing I ever seemed to be any good at, you know, like when we'd have art class at school and, you know, you'd get praised by the teacher. It was the only time it ever happened. So similar, similar story to you, Georgia. But um, I guess I'd always, I always knew that that's what I wanted to do. I don't know why I knew that, but it was like I sort of want to be an artist, you know, um, I don't think I had any idea what that really meant mm. at that point. And then um, went to kind of did sort of sixth form thing at the time. It was a GMBQ when that was a thing. And it was just art and design. So just spent all day doing art and design, which was fantastic. And then I was really serious about I was painting a lot then. And I was really serious about being an artist. And I remember my, my sixth form tutor said, oh, you need to go to university if you're serious about this. And that had never, ever like even become something that I thought could be a possibility, you know. Um, and I was not interested at all. I was like, nah, it's not, it's not for me, you know. Um, 
but she was like, you're not going to be able to compete at all. Like, if, if you're serious about this, that's what you have to go and do. So um, I was very unsure of that. Um, and yeah, it just seemed like it's, that's what other people do, you know? So I took a year out actually and, and sort of was still like, nah, this, I, I really want to do this. So then a bit like you, George, I, I didn't really know where, how, and a friend of mine went to the University of Hertfordshire. He'd gone the year ahead of me. We were born on the same day in Redruth. So he was oh, like, right. my friend growing up, and he was like, he went there, he said it was good. So I was like, oh, I'll, go, I'll go there then. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there was no, there was no kind of, I wish now, like looking back that I'd, yeah. you know, done a bit more research, but um, hey, it was good. You know, it was a good, you know, I sort of had a good time. And, um, you know, and I think being from Cornwall, you know, the only sort of art, well, it was the first time I went to an art gallery. It was like Tate in '95, I think, with Sixth Form. It was the first time I saw sort of contemporary art, and that was like going. And just see. to specify, that will, would have been Tate London. No, this Tate's and I. Sorry. Oh, that was Tate's, Tate's and I. Yeah. So oh, go, okay. we went on like a school trip, and I was just like, oh my god, this is amazing! Like the, you know, the lanyons and the frosts and all of those big sort of abstract paintings, and I was like, that's what art is amazing. And I was banging to Picasso. I thought that was the pinnacle of it you know and I, I i didn't know that this whole other world of art existed until i did go to london specifically to see a real picasso and um happened to just swing by the turner prize that day this is october 96 and have my mind completely blown and i was like i have no idea about what art is or what an artist is so i've got a lot to do i've got a lot of work to do and i think at that point i realized that actually cornwall wasn't going to give that to me because i had i had been here thinking, oh, I've got this sussed, I know what it is. And then had my mind blown in London by seeing the Turner Prize and was like, there's a whole other world out here. And I suppose that's where I thought, I need to be here. This is what, this is where it's happening, you know. Um, I mean, that, we're talking sort of 96, so mm -hmm. things have changed a lot since. But I think, yeah, that was, and, and, and in terms of continuing, it was um, finishing university, still being dead set on this is what I'm going to do and sort of, Ended up coming back to Cornwall because of money, you know, working part time in a record store, still being an artist, you know, and it's just been a really long, <laughs> arduous time to keep trying to do it. So, um, but again, that's another long story yeah. that we'll perhaps come back to later. Yeah. But how, so how do you find, so you came back to Cornwall because of money mm. and um, how do you, how did you find after those experiences of studying sort of just outside London and in London, coming back to Cornwall and trying to continue your practices as contemporary artists, I suppose. It took a few years to find any sort of feet in it. I think my, when I left, like just, yeah, so Liam said he went and saw to the Tate and saw like, big abstract paintings and that was something that he was like that's what I need to be doing mm. and for me I always was like I'd see art or what was in a lot of traditional galleries and I that was never I would see it and be like it's still not me it's mm. still not me yeah. like I yeah. like it's just still not hitting the spot and it was only when I moved to London that I just yeah, learned that it could be so much more. Mm. But I still had this whole like thing of like, I'm just not sure what, what part of it's me. But so like that in my uni course was nurtured and I was very much like around people doing something, things that are a bit more, just a bit different to mm. the norm. So coming back to Cornwall, it was 
yeah, it was quite confusing because I had to sort of slightly find find slightly different pockets of art mm. and find different people. And yeah, because ver- it's very accessible, or not accessible, but you can very easily see paintings in Cornwall and sculptures in Cornwall and seascapes and all that. But it's you have to like scratch the surface a bit to find people having other conversations and people doing things a bit differently. So yeah, moving back was like a few years of working out a bit and actually starting my own things mm. that that maybe invited that to me instead of trying to find it um, in different ways. So yeah, I think I I ended up starting things. I think that was my sort of way of coping with mm. Cornwall. And it being quite bit quite a big art scene like geographically there's a lot of yeah, miles between out. yeah it's spread out so it's not yeah you have to i don't know yeah mm. what about you i th- i think um i think we're quite similar in terms of like we sort of instigated our own things yeah. a little bit i mean when i came back it was i don't know early noughties and um I felt like there was just nothing here, like, you know, the, and I, I think, I, I mean, Sova, you'll probably remember then, I mean, the, I don't think there was really, like, it wasn't, there wasn't many, like, arts run projects or anything like that, the, the exchange didn't exist at that point, it was just Newlin and um, Tate's and Ives, and it didn't feel like, you know, talking about sort of contemporary, like, critically engaged contemporary art, real, you know, new mm. stuff, I still felt it was just seeing, like, the old stuff, the old good stuff, you know, and um, and there was there was <coughs> like um, just to give a sort of shout to Penwith artist led projects, Palp. Mm. So they they had there were these moments of things like mm. flaring up, mm. but yeah, they there certainly wasn't that sort of structure of support. No, around you know to help them continue. Mm. And it felt hard to kind of work out where those things were and how mm-hmm. to access them, um, and. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I just kind of set up shop in my mum's garage as a studio and then had a few shows like out of Cornwall, so I was continu- continuing yeah. to make stuff. Um, but then it was just sort of found it was getting harder and harder, you know, and like just working in a shop. Well, I was working in a record shop, which was fun anyway, and playing in bands. And to be honest, I was like, oh, I'm working part-time so I can be an artist. But I think the reality was that most of the time I was just kind of having a good time with my friends playing in bands and, you know, talking about records in a shop. And it was, you know, the art was kind of like, oh, we'll get back to that in a bit, you know. Um, and, yeah, so it took it took a long time. Because um, it, just, it just felt that there was no one to engage with. Like, there was no... Like now, there's loads of us. We're all, we've got loads of loads of art pals to talk to and have a coffee with. But it didn't feel that there was any um, until I think it was about 2000. And well, you'll tell me, Sove, when your Eek <laughs> show at Crowdy was, because that was the sort of hallelujah moment for me in in, <laughs> in like walking into my old school and there being this art show. People had said, "Oh, someone's doing an art show up at the old school," and I was like, "Oh, it's going to be rubbish." Right? <laughs> because you know that was how cynical I was about it all. And then <coughs> I walked in and there was two fans on the wall with a black bag uh, Andy Curry blowing yeah. in the wind and I was like I think everything's going to be alright <laughs> and so they had curated that show so you with can... Jackie Knight right okay so that was what year was that that was 2005 right was it and really Jesus yeah Jackie and I had both just come back from our MAs in London mm. and um, we're both like um Okay, we're we're just going to have to do something, aren't we? Now we've got here a bit like you were saying, Georgia. Like I really relate to that, mm. 
um, strategy, I suppose, of deciding to do one's own stuff. Mm. Well, I'll just make it, I'll make it happen. Do you think there's something about, um, like, so we've talked about doing independent projects, artist-led projects. Is there anything about the framework, the landscape of Cornwall, the particular situation that, that makes, encourages that independent sort of making or? Hmm. The reason I ask is because I found, like I've worked in London and, and Bristol and, and Cornwall and um, my experience sometimes being in a larger conurbation, certainly in London, was almost feeling a bit suffocated with all the stuff so much stuff to go on like mm. that's going on my eyes and ears just completely fill and br brimming um and whenever i've been back in cornwall i feel like i can sort of mentally breathe a bit more and there's space for me to to make my work and i really relate that to the particular landscape situation of us being a peninsula there's being a lot of sky a lot of sea there's a lot of big open space mm. and um that kind of yeah it has an impact on my ability to create i wondered if you shared that experience or no i think i definitely think there's more space to um make things happen here and 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 maybe being uh, someone from Cornwall in London and and then being someone from Cornwall in Cornwall, I felt I had a bit more confidence to make things happen in Cornwall that I might have not have felt in London uh, just through belonging a bit more and belonging in that space and being able to hold space through belonging that I maybe gave me a bit more confidence to be able to say, right, I'm going to make this thing happen or right, I'm just going to like, mm. yeah, I think that's maybe how I feel a bit, a little bit. Yeah, I think I agree with you actually. And what you're saying about being in London so very, there's too much of things, yeah. you know, like when I first came back to Cornwall, it was that early noughties thing. So I'm going to talk in a musical sense now, but like there was like London was alive with gigs, you know, it's like the time of like the Libertines and the Strokes and all that kind of like the indie sleaze, which has now come back again, <laughs> full circle. It's now fashionable yet again. Um, and, um, you know, we'd go to like indie club nights and there'd be four bands, cheap beer. And it was, you know, you could go to someone every night. And I came up to Cornwall loving that life and there was nothing, you know, there was literally nothing. But what I guess there was the opportunity was was to start something, you know, um, and spaces to go and have a chat. Like there was a place in Truro that first started putting on like a little club night. to like kind of do the thing, get some bands, you know, and that would have been impossible to do in London because it was it was there, you know. So it, 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 that thing you talked about confidence, Georgia. Yeah, it was kind of like, well, we can try something here mm. and it doesn't matter. Like, so start it small, build it up. And I suppose doing that is, is, is done it musically and artistically since it's like because there is space to try these things I suppose um yeah I don't know if that answers it yeah <laughs> but and then how do you find like do you do you feel that um being based in Cornwall or coming from Cornwall at all um sort of plays out when you're 
um, working with people from elsewhere or maybe showing your work elsewhere or trying to get gigs elsewhere or mm. does it have a, a negative or a positive impact or I can't say I've, I've personally found either really um, no I don't know do you have you Georgia I uh, feel like for some of the things I do it's a bit of like a unique selling point sometimes. And I think that's because maybe people who don't, aren't engaged in what's happening in Cornwall can't believe anything's happening here. Mm. And so a, f a few times I've felt like it's a bit like, it's a bit of like a whoa from Cornwall and making things happen in Cornwall. It felt, felt like a bit of a unique selling point sometimes. Um, but I've had it earlier, like, you know, quite some time ago where people would be like, Surprised, yeah. That, you know, what you have a nightclub, like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, I remember, I remember one. Someone said to me once, they were like, Wait, "What do you do when you when you want to go out in Cornwall?" Yeah, Where'd you go. I was like, <laughs> "To the pub, to the club." And they were like, "Club," and I was like, "You, you know," and, it, and, and I remember that being a thing. Like yeah. that seems to have stopped. I mean, I don't notice that anymore. That was, yeah. I, I certainly remember that kind of response. Um, but I feel that, like, I mean, people have got. A better understand or maybe a skewed understanding of what Cornwall is now thanks to all the TV programs and yeah, you know yeah, the, it feels that people have got like a bit more like, oh they do have electric and you know <laughs> and stuff like I think that. people are like <laughs> just shocked that you're not painting seascapes and you're yeah, doing something a bit yeah, different yeah, yeah. and yeah. we have a musical me and Liam are both in bands and have a musical thing and I think people are shocked that of maybe the music that's coming out of Cornwall or mm. that, that that could be possible here that you wouldn't just be um, playing the violin on a rock um, <laughs> yeah. about the sea. Like, yeah. I think that's the, I think there's just like a bit of surprise so, because, I mean, the TV shows are Yeah, and there's, all about there, the, there is a lot of that as well, you know, like so even in sort of a music hat on, there's so much of that stuff yeah. and it's not to knock it because there's places for everything, but Absolutely. there's so much, you know, I think when I when I get an artist come towards me now with an acoustic guitar talking about the sea, I'm like, all right, thanks, mate. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. I want to I wanna see shag rap. You know, I want to see something different, I want, you know, and, uh -huh. and I think, I think, um, I suppose things like what you're talking about musically, George, like with shag rap, with what you do, it's like uh, those things have started to pop up more. People are being more confident mm. that actually you can, there is a platform for those sorts of artists or artworks or projects to exist now because there's an audience. So, mm -hmm. Whereas before, people did want to hear mm. the songs about the sea played by the acoustic guy, Yeah, you know, in but that's the pub for free. When growing know. up in Cornwall, that's like, I just so wish I knew that that could be here. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know that that could be here. What, and the alternative? You yeah, yeah, totally. Like, that, like, there was so... It was just so, like, one string of what it could be. Mm. And though I was in a creative family and I knew there was like this other bit, but it was never what I know now. But that's mm. my, maybe just age. But I just hope that so have people slightly, have access to alternative. I have a slightly different feeling to you on that. I guess being from Redruth, like was always aware of like Aphex Twin and things like that and those kinds of things yeah. that are happening here and like the kind of rave scene and like... Um, I feel that there was a, I mean, Reggie's been very edgy in many ways um, compared to perhaps lots of other sort of more coastal towns. So I suppose I always had a, an understanding that there was something other 
but mm. didn't know what that other was. And I suppose that's what you said earlier about the artwork. It was like seeing, mm. seeing those paintings and stuff here and then going to London and uh, knowing there was something else yeah. and what, what, finding what that could be. I suppose that was, yeah. the, that was the exciting bit. Yeah, of... I sort of... Um, and maybe it is just about, like, we're all different ages mm. here. I think we cover three different decades. Um, so we've, we've had different experiences of sort of growing up and... Mm. Yeah, and I lived in a lot of like winter lets and pretty like not so nice mm. rental accommodation. So um, seeing or perhaps experiencing those those rougher edges, um, what then sort of frustrated me quite a lot when I um, started working as an artist, which I, I didn't go to uni till my mid twenties. So when I came back and I started working as an artist, what I felt frustrated about was that um, sort of the more professional kind of art stuff seemed to not itself be aware of those rough edges. Mm. And I was thinking, hang on, that's been there for decades, right? Like, um, and also we just really watched the complete demise of like two big mining towns of Campbell and Redruth through the 80s and the 90s, like, slowly peeling away. And so, like, I, I can sort of get, take that away from my mm. eyes. So um, I, I felt like there was a, a moment in the 2000s that was almost sort of like, right, now we're going to be professional creatives and that stuff doesn't exist. Mm. People didn't want to see those rough edges so much. And I do wonder about tourism as well if we're trying to sell Cornwall as like a nice seaside place do tourists want to see those rough edges no. what do you guys think about that I'm just I was just thinking of a conversation I had a little while ago about um it was with someone that sort of moved down here and they were talking about like well they were talking about my work originally being like urban and from you know it's like it's too urban it's like <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean it's too urban like you know it's like it's my work's my work you know it's always looked like that you know and it's like and um and I, I, th I thought a lot about it after and I thought is this because you know this is someone who's moved from from London to Cornwall and lives coastal and has this idea of what Cornwall is and uh and I just was thinking about like you know the sort of chocolate box version of Cornwall and then this rough edged inland version of Cornwall that I know very well and that I thought that made absolute sense to me um, and funny enough Georgia it was you we had an opening and we were sat on the steps one day here at Auction House and you said oh my god I always forget how urban Redroof is yeah and I was like oh good it's not just me making this up then like someone else has noticed you know so no I've um, always felt yeah, yeah. Redreath, Redreath, um and St Austell maybe are like yeah. the urban bits of Cornwall yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Truro. Truro's quite urban. Yeah. yeah. St. austell has yeah. got a tower block. Yeah. Just, just, has it got three? I don't know. I used to ride the lift in one when I was a naughty child, <laughs> eating batter bits from the um, fish and chip shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's really niche, so much. It is, it is. But um, I think, again, that, that, um, that contrast, though, of the romanticism... Mm. Um, of the coastline and and the coastline is harsh but mm. it has been really romanticised mm. the contrast of that and the um, poverty that exists in Cornwall I mean I feel like 
there's something in some in both of your works it's sometimes like making a point about I don't know some of that stuff like Georgia you've just done the worm charming mm. championships and um, world, 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 oh, world yeah <laughs> it's not world the bloody newspapers have twisted it <laughs> typical typical oh, normal lies again it's yeah. actually the daily star oh wow <laughs> um but it feels like there's something around that that is i mean it's fun but it's also making a point about connection with land yeah absolutely and i was thinking on the way here and uh, earlier i sort of made this point but because I'm from here, I feel like I can claim that space mm-hmm. and make that happen. Mm-hmm. I'd never dream of making that happen somewhere that I didn't know so well or feel like I could claim that space in. Mm-hmm. And it's and that's interesting because if I was in London, I wouldn't, or anywhere else, I wouldn't make the work that I feel like I'm allowed to make here. Or, yeah claim the space that I feel like I'm allowed to claim here um and you're you're also drawing the participants or the audience's attention to the land yeah 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 and and sort of asking them to do something that's really quite silly and takes a lot of confidence and that's it's a big ask so it's yeah but yeah completely drawing attention to the land in a really silly way but in like a perfect way because I mean on Sunday we didn't have any worms and that was really interesting because we're in the middle of a massive heat wave where it hasn't rained in about a month apart from today so that's people are learning about what it means what weather means to our and this is we did it in a community field and and just what it means to that space that that the town's built around um yeah it's very interesting and you also have a project where you've been growing oats Cornish oats. Sort of. It's sort of my sister's project. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't... I I was... I was growing some Cornish oats that our granddad gave to us that um, are a species of oat that have um, sort of... a sort of extinct, but my sister is writing a PhD on it and she's trying to bring these oats back. Um, So I was growing these oats that our granddad gave us that he was growing um but they weren't actually the corner show so i was growing for them for years and then my sister came back and researched it and said actually they weren't <laughs> the right one so i was uh, trying to circulate this oat that wasn't actually the specific mm-hmm. one but it still is uh oat from cornwall and yeah but it's not the yeah but yeah my sister's sort of doing that and i'm sidelining it ever so slightly <laughs> that's a quite an interesting conversation though around um like the oats as a sort of metaphor for um cornish identity absolutely yeah and there's so much like we've we've all heard um people who say you can only be cornish if you're Mm. like Mm. great 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 i don't know amoebas were cornish (laughs) um or you move to cornwall you know we've got um national minority status mm. i i often feel well if a, a nation you can apply for nationhood right you can apply to be a citizen as a of a nation so if we're a nation then can't people apply to be citizens of yeah. the nation um 
and that that oat project feels mm. a bit like oh right so it yeah this is this is a co- authentic Cornish ale. oh it isn't the authentic Cornish yeah. ale, but it's still it still actually is the authentic yeah. Cornish ale because yeah. you you've been growing it and it's yeah there. and it was and there was this lovely uh, link with my granddad giving it to us that felt really like special like handed down from a Cornish man mm-hmm. to the grandchildren to keep keep going which felt very like yeah that felt symbolic mm. of our Cornishness mm-hmm. um, yeah which and was nice do you feel how do you feel about sort of Cornishness Liam um <sighs> Do you know what? I've been thinking more and more about this recently. I feel that this is becoming more of a conversation generally. I mean, things like, you know, Seamus's brilliant podcast and mm-hmm. why things, I mean, I was listening to that and it was like, uh, you know, I sort of asked, started asking myself lots of questions. You know, I thought it was a real, um, it was a good sort of trigger, I guess, to dig into some yeah, of that yeah. stuff. Definitely. Um, and it's stuff that I've been thinking a bit more about over the last few years. I think I'd always just taken it for granted. Um, my dad's from London, and um, so I've always felt uh, like, I don't know, that I've always felt, I get strung up for saying this, but I've always <laughs> felt more at home in London, right? They've mm-hmm. always had this weird, and um, my mum's from Redruth, and you know, her grand, so that we're, we're Redruth as well. But um, we didn't know my, my mum's granddad, she didn't know her dad, so there's a bit of that Cornishness that I don't know anything about. Um, which is to me kind of quite fascinating. And in my dad's side, I recently, well, I say recently, sort of 10 years ago, found my, found my older brother, who was like my dad's oldest son from a sort of previous marriage, who's like 52, 53 now. So he's like, was born in East London. He's a Cockney, uh-huh. lives in, lives in um, Canvey Island, works in the city. Da, da, da. So I know so much about that side of my family that are all EastEnders mm-hmm. in London or, you know, spread out now because they've all been. Priced out, out. Yeah. Um, so I've always felt more that the, the more of that made sense to me. Um, but alongside that, you say about Cornishness, and this might sound going a bit too. Um, I don't know. I've always felt more Redruth. Oh yeah. Than Cornish, and I know that I don't mean to sort of like <laughs> get too small about it, but it's yeah. Uh, that's 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 made more sense to me that I'm from Redruth, right? And I don't know, these are the questions I've been asking myself recently because, you know, there's a lot about Cornwall that to me personally makes no sense, right? You know, I don't feel part of, you know, and I don't know what that is. I don't know what, what that is because I'm sort of, sort of struggled with this thing of being from Redruth for years. Like I said to you, I wanted to leave and get out of here. and was just like, people say, where are you from? And you go, Redruth, they go, oh, <laughs> like, you know, you would be judged. You would be like, oh, well, what, what, you know, what are you doing here? Kind of what's, what's your opinion? You know, do you know, mm-hmm. I, there, there was a kind of... Oh, um, totally. Well, that's the sort of classist sort def- of yeah. issues around Cornwall. I suppose it? It actually it is class over, yeah, because I suppose some of that stuff of Cornwall felt beyond me you know some of the frilly nice kind mm-hmm. of you know um uh, i don't know what's you know i don't know what the word but yeah i mean so being from redruth there's a certain that that grittiness that kind of like rough around the edgesness um that's like, oh you're from redruth mm, you know <laughs> um so i you know and going to school here was you know it was tough you know like it was a tough school you know because because it, it was a poor town you know and again i didn't fit in i didn't play rugby so i wasn't a sport kid you know and um, 
was the kid who only sort of did well in the art classes because nobody else cared about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, wanted to leave, wanted to get out. And I think that's for me where the London thing was. The London was like, oh, I'm going to go there and be myself. And then um, coming back and then moving back to Truro and then I met my now wife who was working in Redruth in, for Shelter, the homeless charity. And she said, oh, our landlord at the office is building a flat. We could look at moving into it. And I was like, there is no way I am going back to Redruth, you know, because it was this kind of like um, this, this sort of like I knew that's where I was from. It's almost I didn't want to I don't want to go back there. Mm-hmm. I've moved away from that. It's like, you know, it wasn't all po- it wasn't positive, you know, and the reaction from people wasn't it was like, I'm done, right? Anyway, here I am. Um <laughs> sort of dragged dragged my heels for a while. And actually now I would not have it any other way. I love being here now. Like absolutely love it. And I feel so proud now to be from Red Reef. I like, you know, I feel like it's there's a good community here. And I mean, even things like, you know, we sort of a couple of years ago started going to the Red Lion in town, which for years, there would, if you said you want to go to the Red Lion, it'd be like, no way, because <laughs> you get beaten. Like, <laughs> it's, um, you know, go into, even go to the Red Lion, actually, feel more part of the community than ever now. Because you walk in and they're like, you know, there's the kind of the Red Roof characters, shall we say. And, uh, you know, people are still... We had a big conversation recently. There's all these conversations going on about the future of Red Ruth and these people talking about what it's going to be and it's like what, what it needs and what it doesn't need. And they sort of were turning their nose up at things like the Red Lion and that thing you were talking about mm. earlier, Sove, of trying to pretend that the rough edges aren't there. Mm. I feel like it's being glossed over. And I keep now pulling that up and saying to people, no, actually, these people are here. There's, there's still problems in this town. But actually going to places like the Red Lion and engaging with that part of the community has actually made me feel even more part of this community. So, um, yeah, I think, I don't know if that answers your, your question about Cornishness, but I certainly now feel um, much more myself, I guess, mm-hmm. here. I feel like yeah. I've, my place is here now, you know? Mm-hmm. And I suppose with the practice and with all the things we do, I'm now seeing this is my base, this is my home, this is where I love and this is where I want to do some great things for the community and for people but use the work to try and go elsewhere and explore and network and find others beyond. Are you at all driven by wanting to demonstrate or make people look at this is also what Cornwall is? This is, you know, Red Ruth is here and it's not just that... 100% 100% ice creams yeah. And yeah because I think that's I get annoyed about that generally with things when people are just like that's that and that's all it can be it's like no like, I, I, I don't agree with that with anything do you know I think there's, there's anything can be anything can't it you know and um and, I, and, and, you know, when I started to auction house here, like I had conversations with people and there was a particular funding thing I had a conversation with. And they said, oh, you know, we we couldn't fund you because you're talking about high art and it's not for the community. It's not, you know. And I was like, OK, at the time I thought, oh, fair enough. And over the period of time that I've been running this project, I completely disagree with that now because I the way I see it is like, yes, what we deal in is is a niche thing. But I mean, you say this project is just that's all the auction, auction house, yeah. So, you know, contemporary art, the things that us guys do, yeah, it's niche in the grand scheme of things, I guess. But I was having this conversation with Kev, who runs the record short store downstairs, and he said the other day, he was like, Liam, the thing is, he said, I sell vinyl records to people. That's also niche, you know? And we 
our public face in here, the doors are open, and the amount of people from this town that come in to see what's going on. I've had the most incredible conversations with people in this building about art that aren't artists, right? The artists come in, they have a look and they bugger off. And like the people from the town come in and they're fascinated. And they, at first, are like, what's, what's going on here, right? But they engage, they talk. We, they, people have come back. There was this guy recently who brought his mum back. He said, can I bring my mother back? And I was like, yeah, because for me doing things, it's like I was from here, I moved away, I went and studied a thing that I was passionate about. And I just feel that I've come back and I just want to do what I do in the town where I'm from. So like you said, Georgia, maybe doing it somewhere else might not feel quite so natural, but it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like I'm from here, I'm allowed to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but around all these conversations about the town and what's going on, there's still this thing of like, well, I still feel I'm having to sort of fight to defend it, that this is also allowed to be here, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, an, an early plan for the redevelopment of this was that it was going to become a commercial gallery. And it's like, you know, that's, how's that any more, yeah. you know, for the community yeah. than what I'm doing? So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'm very much feel that, like, this is a different part, a different version of Cornwall that I want people to also see, mm-hmm. you know, that this is here and the people of Redruth are here. And this not just brush them under the carpet and try and sort of, put in French farmers markets and gentrify the place, which I know I'm also now part of the problem. <laughs> but yeah. It's like, um, which I don't feel necessarily great about, but it's also that's trying to sort of hold on to the reins of that a little. I've often struggled with that, actually, like um, I, I want oat flat whites. I'm absolutely joyous that I can get an oat flat white in mm. Red Reef. Mm. But I'm also really aware of of the potential implications of that around yeah. gentrification mm. and around exclusivity. Yeah. And I suppose the thing that I always strive uh, strive for or is a sort of campaign is that actually it's okay to want or to have like an oat flat pint mm. at the same time yeah, as wanting totally. to get another pint at the Red Lion yes, yes. or just have a little chat with someone like, in the just a, someone you don't even know in the street, yeah. you know, yeah. sat on the same bench. Yeah, yeah. it's that it becomes a problem when those things can't sit alongside each other. Yeah. And, yes, and that's not our fault. That's the that's like mm. the flat white being pulled above the the day to day running of a town mm-hmm. or something. It's mm-hmm. like, and there's also something that's kind of concerns me a lot. Actually, is um, particularly for Red Roof at the moment and I should imagine Camborne as well, is that as the coast is kind of being sucked up by, you know, second home owners mm. and stuff, it feels like, you know, that's closing in on us now, you know, and it feels like we're the last strip yeah, t- left. Yeah, t- but the know. tide's coming It really is coming. Yeah. It does feel well, a lot it, like it, that. And it is, but it's also <clears> like that's just what is being projected out of Cornwall, but that's actually like, I mean, like there's so much stuff that's still like you know i work for a food charity in in falmouth and it's being swamped as well Is it? Yeah. and it's like we run a meal service for people that need it and we have done it for three years and we're still cooking for the same amount of people mm. and it's just those sort of things are just getting also just getting yeah tides coming around them and mm. they've been forgotten about but they're still it's still happening yeah. and it's gonna it will yeah, I don't know. It's 
I definitely scary. noticed the gentrification of places like Falmouth in... 100%, um, yeah. I mean, I suppose that was my, my sort of concern with that thing of the tide coming in here. Like, yeah. So when, with, with lockdown, there was those stories, which I'm sure happened all over Cornwall, but there's those stories of people buying houses like without coming to see them and like the house prices in Redroof have gone through the roof. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of that I, I kind of enjoy in terms of that, that, that you know, sort of young professionals moving here and sort of changing the community slightly. Like, you know, like we were talking earlier about some of the artists that have moved to Cornwall that, mm. you know, they feel that they've, they've moved down from London or whatever. They've, they're actually going to stabilise the scene because <laughs> they're coming to stay rather than coming to go. So perhaps we don't have that thing we were talking about when I first moved back when there was felt like there was nothing going on. Yeah. Maybe artist projects and stuff will sort of sustain now and things will will have a good scene but um yeah but it, it it's that it there's been lots of conversations that, oh you know we're looking at red because we've heard it's amazing and it's like there's that it, i guess what i'm trying to say is it feels like it's now getting its own chocolate box version yeah yeah if that makes sense you know um and that sort of makes me a bit nervous. Yeah. I mean, we were joking recently because there's all these people moving in, various projects popping up, and da, 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 and we were like, "Whoa!" We were we were here one night with um, with the band, like Alice and Stuart. We were having fag outside, and we were talking about this. And we were like, "Can everyone just give us like a couple more years? Like, we've only just we feel like we've been here for ages, and just chipping away doing things, and we've only got our groove going on. Mm-hmm. And now it feels like we're being swamped with all this activity of people wanting to come and join in on the party. And it's like just." Come back in a few years' time. <laughs> so give us five minutes just to enjoy it ourselves. You know, I don't know whether that's really small-minded, but that's what we were saying. <laughs> no, it feels like because it feels like there's something in that about um, wanting to have your voice heard, or like mm. with that tide coming in. All those analogies we've just spoken about is like, is there a threat of? The, the sort of place or the ground that you've both spoken about that you kind of claim or connect with being, I don't know, taken away or mm. maybe that sounds too, like, threatening, but that it, it, it's going to shift again and, and, and it, it won't be your space. It's so difficult to talk about it because... It's a it 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 creates a, a pro, like a problem within you of like wanting to share, wanting to be inclusive, mm-hmm. um, and that being exactly what like my work's about: sharing, being inclusive, opening up the space. Um, I don't even know how to frame it, but there's definitely still a territorial yeah. part yeah. of me that. Uh, feel feels it as well, uh, and and I guess that also links back to feeling Cornish, being allowed to, and feeling like you're allowed to do that, and then I, I don't even know how to word it without sounding like a complete. <laughs> I know I know what you mean. Yeah. I, th- I think about some of that. Th- those tensions there is definitely and totally wanting to be open yeah but like if personally i i can feel quite a vulnerability like a fear of um of home of a safe place where i know who i am and where i can make the kind of art i make and chat to 
people on the street who I know through like caring my for my mm. gran or for <clears throat> like gone to school with whatever. Um, and that being and some somewhere some sort of they like mythical they, not understanding the fragility mm. and specialness of all those little connections and the um and how easy they can be broken and lost and it's interesting Liam talking about the east end a bit there and like I've I've lived in different parts of London I've lived in a few different parts of the east end in in uh Plaster in Stratford and also um, down in South East London in Deptford. And if you look at the histories of the clearances and gentrifications of East London, like it's really, it's really scary, really, really horrible stuff and breaking up of communities. And of course, you know, the histories that Britain and indeed Cornish people have been a part of in ripping up communities around mm. the world. Um, I suppose um, I feel an echo of some of the fears of that happening here and then on a really like personal level feeling like but then where will I go yeah. like what mm. there, there is no place then mm. for me yeah no you've just put it exactly how I wanted to put it yeah. <laughs> and yeah. changed my territorialness to vulnerability which of course are very similar things. Um, but I do think Cornwall feels like a vulnerable place, and particularly with tourism and the chocolate box version of it being sent up the train line for people to come and consume. Um, and for people to come and live here, which is brilliant. It's just, it's a fragile thing. And, it, yeah, I, I feel that... Um, uh, conflict within within me and I don't think there's an answer to the conflict no, I agree. or an and easy way of explaining it no I mean you've, you've both articulated that same thing that I was thinking to <laughs> sort of said it differently um, but we're all saying the same thing mm. is I don't I think you're right there is no no answer to it I suppose um, I suppose the awareness of it perhaps do you feel, mm. do you feel you've become more aware of it recently through, yeah I do mm, I do as well yeah and I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's as, <clears throat> you know, it feels like particularly, so I'm just going to talk about Redruth again. It feels like it's shifted very quickly within five years, like all of a sudden, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it feels like it's currently being sort of turbocharged even further, you know, to become this thing. There's lots of conversations. We've been to a few meetings with, to hear about the plans for the town, then it's like, mm. this is all good, but just, let's, you know, I brought it up actually uh, at a meeting we went to, someone, the lady said, How, what would you like Redruth to be if you came back in 10 years? Mm. And there was all these answers of like, we would like it to be a sort of, you know, global scientific art community, and it's like all these crazy things. And, and there was a few sort of local businesses at the table, and I was just like, I would like it to actually be that these people were still here, like mm. that little coffee shop that those guys run is still here or maybe they've moved to a bigger coffee shop you know um, and that person's still here and that person's still there because there was like a video that I'd seen on YouTube probably about 10 years ago or so and someone had done this walk around 
of Red Roof just filming it, and it, it looked, it was all boarded up in a sort of, you know, war zone. And I was like, actually, if you go and find that video, you see what it looks like now. It has changed, and it is mm. better. So let's just let it do its thing, you know. But it feels like this kind of speeding up to kind of almost bulldoze make new. And it's like, let's embrace what's here. And I suppose that fragility and that kind of nervousness that we can't quite articulate or answer, it's around that stuff mm. of, of trying to protect that a little. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it's... I think there's a, there's like the, the chocolate box version of it that's that's a problem, and then there's this also other version of it which is, I think, due to like social media, of like a lot of our histories and mythologies and folklore and stuff being trendy turned mm. into this trendy mm. thing mm. that's very much to do with social media and 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 I feel protective of that I really feel protective of that mm. and um, and I don't really know that's another tension inside me that I don't yeah. really know how to cope with oh um, yeah I feel of, of similarly I just don't know what to, to do about that yeah. because it's just um, yeah I felt um, particularly frustrated by um, the real interest in the last few years in that sort of mysticism of um of Cornwall mm. and sort of connect it really sort of focusing on Cornwall as this mystical place with these standing stones with these like amazing people like I saw Corcoon or um and um I feel like that that all all feels like part of a heritage of otherness mm. and othering and that kind of like aspects of colonialism actually like taking of somewhere without looking at the whole mm. without understanding or thinking about the implications of that also like without giving the time that the place and those people of the place perhaps need yeah. to catch up with those conversations. Because if something's just mundane and usual to you, mm. it's not other and it's not special yeah, exactly. and it's not romantic. Absolutely. So it can take a little while to shift perspective. Yeah. Um, and like almost everyone in Cornwall laughs about directly, right? But there is something there around yeah. just need a bit more time it's kind of what you were saying there Liam about like um to process mm. that thinking and and bearing in mind that 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 mysticism that that other stuff isn't just that's not just the rare special exciting okay, bit yeah. actually like um I don't know a mate who runs a market stall is also rare and yeah, special exactly. and exciting yeah. and all of it mm. is not you know not just that little magical bit that looks yeah. great in a in a facebook post yeah. that was yeah. the stuff i was sort of, sort of meaning earlier when i said about when you asked me about cornishness and i said well a lot of it never really made sense to me because that stuff didn't really it was mm. never on my radar do you know what i mean it's like yeah i know we've got standing stones and we live by the coast and we've got this amazing coastline and all that stuff but you know the the myths the legends and all it just wasn't i just didn't know about it and I it also just you know, is like, what's that well it just is like yeah it's, it's just, just there, it's there. Just like, you know, so. and when you're from it it yeah it doesn't maybe i mean 
Yes, quite a lot of it we have no idea about, really. No, no. I, my, um, we grew up going and visiting my granny and granddad, um, and he was a Cornish language expert, so he wrote several Cornish dictionaries and, um, yeah, was a complete, like, fanatic about the Cornish language and Cornish culture. And we used to go and visit them in their house in Lisgard, and their house was, like, a museum to Cornish Cornishness and they so on the walls they'd have like bows and arrows and like corn dollies they'd made and it was it was literally like insane and he would talk you know he the dog was trained in Cornish and they had all the she owned she like had um like like kept doves and she went and cooed to them in Cornish and there was just this like it was like uh, the, as a child, it was weird to me, and it was this weird world that I stepped into. And when we went and stayed there for the weekend, we would be sort of processing wool and, um, like, be put in the barn and be so making corn dollies and like that. So it's quite funny that then this this whole like culture around being Cornish and, is being like turned into this trendy thing because to me it's like it's like yeah it's, it's almost like a hellish <laughs> thing that I used to have to go do some weekends and like yeah. I just wanted to be watching TV yeah and so it just is and like that's something I grew up with and so also the Cornish language was something that I never wanted to learn mm. because to me it was something that old people did and it, they were stuck in their way and mm. like mm. and now since my granddad's died and I've researched it it's amazing and I want to learn all about it but it was never something that I wanted him to pass on to me as a child or yeah it was just like stuck in their ways like and it's so interesting that it's like sort of this like yeah there's yeah I, I don't know it's a it's a funny tension with me and my family like my family mm-hmm. thing of it just being a thing that is I think that thing about it just being a thing that is is really important and that like I I always feel Cornishness is like granite and solidity and like laughing and carrying on and like overcoming adversity and um, having a relationship with the land and yeah definitely walking across the scrubland of the old mine works yeah um, and uh, but it also just is mm. and it being sort of magicified yeah. somehow uh, it concerns me that it takes something from it yeah um i wondered if there was just anything else you wanted to add about your your particular artwork or practices or being artists in cornwall maybe how you see things might develop or so i mean i don't know i don't know how to answer that actually i mean i don't feel that my work is necessarily if we're talking about Cornwall, I don't feel that it's um, there's not much there that's that's. I'm as I'm saying that actually, I'm I'm, I'm also going about to contradict myself. So when I was saying to you earlier about this thing about um, being from here, not knowing my sort of my my mum's granddad, she didn't know who he was, blah blah blah. So this thing about family and lineage and all this stuff started to come into my work, and um, so I've been doing more and more sort of research about that and this thing about being in Redruth and kind of making peace with the fact that I'm here. Um, there's uh that I've, I've become completely obsessed with cambrai as this kind of like anchor if you like i was very aware of the fact and it was locked down really that i mean i never used to be a, a walker 
really. I would sort of go to the gym. That was my exercise. And then when my wife would be like, do you want to come for a walk? I'm like, nah, I've, I've been to the gym, you know, and uh, I'd be quite happy sat at home getting on with some work on my computer or something, you know. But obviously lockdown, we all were able to go for our hour a day exercise, weren't we? And I just sort of fell in love with like that, actually, and um, tried to go out most days now and spent, I've spent an awful lot of time in Cambrai and just realised that walking around the town through lockdown and seeing the, seeing the car from different perspectives and realising that actually for the most of my life that has been there, you know, this kind of thing, which is, was mm. just there. It's just Cambrai. It's just, it's just Cambrai. Like, it's, that's home. You know, and even as you come over to Bob Moore, you can kind of see it. It's sort of silhouette, can't you, in the distance. Yeah. You're like, that, that's where we're going. Um, and uh, so I've, that, I suppose, has started to sort of figure in my practice a bit more, which is something that... I would never have seen coming. Um, I mean, I've been sort of collecting stones from there and painting them in colours and sticking them on things. But it's like, um, uh, I mean, with with my practice at the moment, it's uh, just, yeah, just keeping going, I suppose. Um, and like I said earlier, trying to find ways to to sort of branch out, being very aware of that I'm here now. And like I say, made peace with being here now and quite happy about being here. But I don't want to be just here, you know, I want to sort of be able to go to see things and travel and network and meet people in other places because I believe that, you know, that thing about things can be different things. And I think by going and seeing other and bringing other back kind of keeps things exciting. So I haven't answered your question at all. I've just <laughs> waffled at you, but <laughs> well, you have. has it given you time to think about what I you're going to say? I actually don't know if I can remember the question. <laughs> <laughs> I thought what was interesting about what you said there was just about it being... Calm Bray didn't used to be important to you, mm. and mm. and now it is, yeah. and it is that thing of it being there, and that it's always been in your life, mm. like looking at it out of the corner of your eye. But mm. I think as well, there's this thing really quickly. I'm sort of digressing very slightly, but there's this thing as well on Calm Bray that I don't know. You can see because obviously you see both coasts, and you can see quite on a clear day, quite a way up, can't you? And it's just this kind of feeling of being very small and very insignificant and being aware of the things that have happened on this land mm. over lots and lots and lots and lots of years, you know, and then kind of feeling about where you fit into that. You know, it's like sitting in the cups and saucers rocks, you know, which are my faves. Like, how many people have done that? I don't know. It's like those sorts yeah. of conversations I have with myself up there and just even having a little lean on a rock and feeling that sort of energy. It's like, you know, I think it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a driver. It's like, well, what... what 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 am I saying? What's my point? Do you know? Like, yeah. mm. So there's something quite wonderful about that, which is a very new thing for me. Mm. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, it's great. It sound cool. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Um, Not in a heat wave, though. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I just want to continue, like, working with the land, work like, feeling it with my hands, and just really try and bring that into my work more and um yeah I think it's this thing of feeling that's become more and more important to me recently and it's all about my hands and where they're going and what they're touching and I think that is something I just have to keep on making sure I do because it's so easy to just like shut the door and um think that there are other ways of working, particularly mm -hmm. for me, but there isn't any other way of working. I have to go and feel in order mm -hmm. to be able to work. So, yeah, I think that's just something I keep on having to make sure I do. And um, I'm hopefully 
putting the wheels in motion for that to happen uh, more easily for me. So yeah, just to keep on like putting my hands in the ground and and yeah, things things like that, and cool. try and like just res- respond to it, and yeah, just keep on feeling. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, thank you both very much. Thank and you. Yeah, pleasure. No, I only I returned back to Cornwall after another one of my away stints in 2015, and you two being here and the things that you two put on and do, you know, amongst another great group of people that they know, a part of what made me feel like, oh, good, it's going to be okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was able to return. We um, could return the favour. Oh, great! Early. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Mraz, Agas Gosloas, thank you for listening. Further episodes of the Mescla Bruyon Druis podcast can be found on my website, saveaberryman.co.uk. That's S O V A Y B E R R I M A N. where you'll also find guest biographies and a resource page of links to further reading on the topics discussed. If you feel inspired to join the Mescla conversation about contemporary Cornish cultural identity, please get in touch with me, Sove Berryman, via my website or social media. You'll find Mescla Bruyondruis on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. The Mescla Bruyon Druis podcast and project has been made possible due to a wealth of in-kind help and support from many parties, including the Wender Perrin Festival, Gorseth Kernow, Cornwall Council's Cornish Language Office, Coethus and Yeath Canuick, Crescent Kernow, Cornwall Neighbourhoods for Change and Falmouth University Falmouth Campus. The project has been supported using public funding by the National Lottery through Arts Council England and further funding has been gratefully received from Historic England by Redreath Unlimited. Agas Terman, Agas Grellas. Thank you for your time. See you later. <laughs>